one of the curses of our world with all the options that we have. Many, we all have many good options every day to choose from uh, in day-to-day -day actions and even in bigger life decisions that this causes great anxiety for us and it leads us all into this pattern of obsessing over having to make the perfect choice and the perfect decision among an array of seemingly good options. And as you all know and probably have experienced, that can be very stressful. And furthermore, with all these options comes this uh, obsession with needing to kind of plan everything out in my life well in advance, my education, career, and so forth. Uh, I need to get everything right. If I don't get into the right school, my 10-year plan's gonna be thrown off, and so forth. In the gospel, we hear this invitation to Peter and Andrew, come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And it says, then they abandoned their nets and followed him. And actually there's a, I'm not sure why, but there's, there's a missing word there in the English translation. There's a Greek word that says immediately. So they abandoned their nets immediately and followed him. So there was clearly no deliberation in this profound act of faith. And if we try to analyze this logically, their decision seems impulsive, even delusional. And then furthermore, James and John, Jesus finds them next, says then he called them. So they left their father Zebedee in the boat along with the hired men and followed him. So in an instant, they left behind their family and their business. That's a big deal, just as big of a deal as it would be today. Again, no deliberation. Can we at least say that's perhaps imprudent? Shouldn't they have stopped to sort of think through their options a little more and plan out what the future was going to look like? What were the ramifications? So the only way we can understand this, either this didn't happen, or it's just a sort of symbol of some, something else, or it's true, and there's a deeper truth rooted in this immediate response to Jesus. Come, follow me. When Jesus says that, he's speaking to the deepest desires of their hearts. So he's not just presenting an option, He's not just presenting an intellectual argument that they have to wrestle with and think through, but he's speaking actually to their hearts. And their hearts were moved so deeply by the word of God incarnate before them physically that no amount of rationalization would change their mind. And this makes perfect sense in light of our own humanity when we have an array of infinite options before us that we can discern and do pros and cons, ad nauseum, what do we, what's ultimately gonna drive our decision for human if we're in touch with ourselves? It's our hearts, not what's intellectually
going to be the best because there's always going to be more options, but we listen to our hearts. And that's the same thing with our spiritual lives, our lives of prayer, that we have to get in touch with our hearts because following Christ is an act of the will. And that's rooted in our hearts, not our heads. And of course, discernment is still a good thing, and this is not to advocate for rash decision-making and so forth. But ultimately, we have to be able to hear that voice of Jesus speaking to our hearts. And that phrase, come follow me, he's speaking that to each and every one of us. He's speaking to our deepest desires that can only be satisfied in him. So do we reduce this to maybe a simplistic understanding of just follow your heart and just do whatever you desire in any given moment? Well, yes and no. St. Augustine actually famously says, love God and do what you will. In other words, if you love God, you can do whatever you want. You can follow your heart. Because if you have the love of God on your heart, that means your desires and heart is rightly ordered towards God's will. So you don't need to deliberate and you only want to do God's will. So you can do whatever you want. If you can follow your heart, if your heart is rightly ordered. But of course, we know that's not always the case. Our hearts suffer from disorder as a result of the effects of sin, both our own sins, the shame we suffer from that, and then the wounds and shame of sins that we experience at the hands of others and just evil in the world. So our hearts are not automatically inclined to do God's will. And that becomes that process of conversion to transforming our hearts in Christ so that we can do whatever we want, as St. Augustine tells us. And the way to do this, though, is not going to be through our heads. And hearing this voice of Jesus, it's ultimately going to be through a movement in our hearts. And contrary to popular assumptions, the Christian life is not fundamentally about the fulfillment of a set of obligations. Rather, it's about the fulfillment of desire. Obligations are concerned with, the, with externals, which are important too, but the desires are internal, interior. But the good news of salvation of Christ is that no amount of sin and disorder in our hearts, disordered desire, can fundamentally erase that fundamental desire for God because it is inscribed deep in every human heart and nothing, no body, no sin, can completely erase that desire. So the challenge for us all is listening and cutting below all of the sins, all of the wandering thoughts, all of the superficial options that are always spinning in our heads and getting in touch 
with the deepest desires of our hearts and then connecting that to their fulfillment in Christ. That's where the deepest form of prayer happens, not just saying the right words and saying to God what we think we should be or wish we were, but actually being honest with him and expressing to him what are our deepest desires and then listening to his voice because Christ can speak to every single one of those and he knows what they are on our hearts but wants us to express them to us. Now these first disciples we hear in the gospel today, Peter and Andrew, James and John, they did not become saints instantly in that first response to Jesus. Even though it was a great, perfect act of faith that they followed him, they didn't become saints in that moment. It was the first movement of conversion in their lifelong journeys to becoming the saints we know them to be. And that's what God asks of us, not to simply be perfected in an instant, but to respond to that invitation, come follow me. So the question right now for each of us is not whether Jesus is calling you to follow him. He is. But can you draw the connection between those deepest desires and their fulfillment in Christ? Do you believe that every desire on your heart can only be fulfilled in Christ? Do you believe that beneath every disordered desire is something fundamentally good that just needs perhaps the Lord's healing and grace? So don't overthink it or try to rationalize every movement of your heart and all the thoughts that constantly bombard us, let your heart and mind be formed by Christ and then follow those inspirations that move them. As St. Augustine says, love God and do what you want. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please be sure to like us on Facebook and consider supporting us by visiting stpaulsharvardsquare.org. That's stpaulsharvardsquare.org. God bless and see you next time.